All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode 24 of the Voice Notes podcast presented to you by our friends Faster Pasta, as always Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service. What's going on guys, what's good baby? Um, another week down, um, what a week it's been, it's been a fantastic week, like weather wise it's been absolutely gorgeous, it's tailed off a little bit now, it's not the rain that everybody said it would be but... Still, it's fucking muggy as hell. Um, stickier than a toffee apple, um, as I would say. But yeah, um, Euros is fully in flow. The first round of games are done. The second round of games are kicking off. It's uh, I, it, I can't really like It's really dominated every part of my life right now. Um, obviously, I have work, I have my day job. I have stuff like this to sort out. I have little, little other things to sort out as well. But it really has just kind of dominated most of my thoughts, kind of actions, what like I want to do in like the near future, kind of, you know, um, where am I going to be watching the games, where am I going to, who am I going to be watching them with, etc, etc. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm feeling it boys. I'm just, this is, it's been a, it's been a great, great, like first time, first, first time, first um, couple of weeks of the tournament and England won the other day as well, which was great. There's the game on tomorrow, which I'm fucking so excited for. I cannot, like, it's just this this, we- this weather has got me in a really good mood. Like, it's, I think it's good. And, yeah, like, I, I tweeted earlier today, like, I hope everyone has a good day, apart from the people who look at the rain and the, the first thought is like, yeah, we need this. Piss off. We do not need this. We want the continuous good weather. Obviously, it's quite, it's okay. It's just, like, it's just muggy outside. It's not as sunny as it has been the last couple of days. So, um, but anyway, hope everyone's all right. hope everyone's had a good week. Um, not much has really happened. It's just been the, because I'm looking forward to the weekend so much. I've not had that feeling in a while. It's like the weeks are, are dragging on. I really am just like buzzing for the weekends now. I feel like a proper well, not not that's a bit that's a bit heavy. A weekend warrior. I'm not going to say that, but yeah, no. Um, really, because the last couple of weekends have been just busy. I've been I was in London last week. My friends, obviously Gabby Kenny, who you've seen on the podcast. Jamie Summers been on the podcast. Shout out those guys. Had a great time. Uh, stayed in so- we were in Soho on Saturday night with old friends as well. Really, really great evening. Um, first time in London for me for like over a year, which was actually it's not that mad really. But um, I live in Nottingham, so but it was um, yeah, it was a great night, great weekend, and obviously just topped off with with England uh, winning against Croatia one nil. Wait, talk a bit a little bit of that later on. Um, just a hop over just we've got um an interview and this the interview section of the podcast is um uh, brought to you again by faster pasta and also um it's featuring my good friend mark rawlinson who is uh, part of the social media team for has f1 so race fans uh, f1 fans and just in general like um uh, i think if you're a motorsport fan you'd find this one interesting he talks about you know traveling the world and all that stuff you'll find out a little bit later on and he's just in gen- just in general a very good friend very good old friend um uh, i asked mark to hop onto the Onto the podcast, so you'll be um, you'll be excited for that. Also, there's another interview coming out next week, which I've, I've done a couple of interviews this week. So obviously, Mark being one, the other one which will be revealed next week, um, and the first top fives will be played, well, will be recorded this week, and then probably come out on Sunday. So 
look out for that. A lot of big stuff coming up. Well, not that big, but you know, more content, pretty much. More, more of me in your ear, pretty much. So yeah, how many times can you say pretty much, Liam? Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, the Euros. Uh, the, yeah, the Euros. Um, and it, no, no, no. I know this is what I was going to fucking um, uh, get on today. Was supposed to be a good day. It was a, it was an okay day. Like at, fu- at first, I had fucking problems with my Wi-Fi with work. I think it had something to do with like downloading the iOS thing on my thing, Majiggy. So it's it, it just kept on cutting in and out. I was in meetings in the morning and. The part of the morning I had to do like mental maths and it's, I'm not the greatest person at maths so I was, I was obviously I'm not that great of a morning person and it kept on cutting in and out it's like for fuck's sake and my phone was taken out I think it was down to my phone and not the usage of the Wi-Fi in the house because I live with three other people so that could have been that could have been a factor in that but it was just it was just really pissing me off the first hour, hour and a half and I had my va- and, and I had my vaccine book today my first ever vaccine how'd it go Liam? I'll tell you Basically, went down there, got the bus to sort of opposite forest fields from Sherwood Shops to fucking forest fields. Walked there. It's muggy as shit. I just walked there. I thought, like, I'll just go in my um, shirt and trackies. I've not showered at this point. Yes, disgusting. Walked down there, and I saw, like, obviously there's the testing facility there and the, um, the vaccination facility. I looked there. I was like, it's a bit barren. It's a bit kind of from afar. I was like, oh, obviously, there's... there's there's going to be people there. There's going to be people there. Get there. There's people at the front of the queue. I was like, oh, they just they got the phones out. I was like, what's going on here? There's a bit of a crowd of people. They just they're obviously queuing. But where's the steward? They, I remember I was there last week when I had a test. I had um, there was like a steward there, so it's like on opposite ends. And there's fucking signs on there saying we've run out of vax. Like, let me read these fucking things. Um, where is it? Where is it? Because uh, close today, back on Friday, obviously tomorrow, all appointments for today have been cancelled due to no vaccines. Sorry for the inconvenience. Please rebook. Please rebook online. I mean, I could sit here and moan about it. I could sit here and say, you know what, fucking hell, mate, just let us know. Yeah, cheers, cheers, just let me fucking know. But there are obviously far bigger things. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and complain too much. It was a bit of an inconvenience. I can just rebook a test, a rebook a vaccine. A vaccination thing but yeah nevertheless it was a bit annoying at the time because i'd had to go in my lunch break i had to you know yeah first world problems Liam, third world problems whatever but yeah anyway kind of annoyed about that and just the yeah the day has been a bit um kind of muddly because i'm just i'm i'm literally so focused on england scotland tomorrow i'm it's like i'm playing the fucking game i'm so excited I'm so I can't see us losing. I can't see us getting beat. I can. I remember at the start of the tournament, I thought this before any games were played. I thought it's either going to be a. It's like I think I said this on the podcast. It's either going to be a two-two draw or a scrappy draw, or we'll we'll batter them. We'll win very comfortably. And after seeing the two teams play, I think if we play anything like we did in the first twenty minutes against Scotland, the game is over at half time because I, I just think obviously. Croatia were able to, you know, just hold off on us a little bit. They're they're a better team than Scotland. Um, and Scotland in their first game, unlucky. They didn't play terribly. They're they're very unlucky, but they can just be punished. And I think we're 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 a better team than Czech Republic, and we can we can adequately adequately punish them. So hopefully, um, I've even put this is this is also this bet is why Scottish people 
hate English people. I'm a part of the problem. I moan about English people being arrogant and dickheady. I'm I'm being a dickhead, like arrogant dickhead. I put a five pound bet on England to beat Scotland five nil, twenty eight to one. It's good returns. Why not? I'm I'm buzzing. I'm I'm hyped. It's it's just got everything. It's literally got everything in the making for an iconic like Euros England game in the Euros England England game in a major tournament. Like obviously the Scotland game twenty five years ago. Also, I love the every time it could be like today North Macedonia versus the fucking Ukraine. Ukraine one two one by the way. They always just like the coverage is like because oh yeah so Ukraine win. Anyway, England <laughs> just it just reverts back to the like, whole England thing. I can guess. I can if you're not an England fan, watching it in England, it would be very frustrating. Probably just watching it if you're if if you're from Ireland, Scotland, Wales. If you're if you're living in England, watching the BBC or ITV coverage, I can imagine you find it very very frustrating. But I find it a little bit frustrating. Like just fucking get on with the um, match analysis. But it just like. Going back to what I said earlier, it has the makings of an absolute, like, just an iconic win. It just, I think, if they play well, if they're fucking bouncing the ball off each other, it's at Wembley, it's Friday night. If the, if the weather was like it has, if the if the weather tomorrow night, it still could be. If the weather was like the last, like, week or so tomorrow night, then it's even more perfect. Like, can you imagine that? Like, bars across the country, beer gardens, pubs, bars. It's going to be fantastic. But... Also, alternatively, if England lose, you know, mirrored scenes in in Scotland, in Edinburgh, Glasgow, up and down, you know, from the Isle of Skye to bloody wherever the, the, the southern point of Scotland is, like, I don't even know this, the Isle of Skye is the most uh, fucking northern point of Scotland. But anyway, and I've got a lot of Scottish friends and they'll probably be in my ear. I tell you what, if we beat Scotland, if my bet comes in 5-0, I don't think I'll even gloat. How about that? I'll buy him a drink with the winnings. I'll I'll buy him a drink because win or lose, on the booze. Just yeah, I think maybe that's even more arrogant than gloating. Just buying them a drink with my winnings, but who knows? Who cares? It's I'm just fucking so excited. Call me sad. Call me a, a you know, whatever. I don't care. Fucking football. I love it. I just I it just oh yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm and I'm having a great few weeks. The last couple of weeks has been really good. I'm starting to feel myself again. Obviously, still a bit on and off here and there, but just having a night like the other week. I was obviously Cornwall and like just the weather, everything apart to it, I, I plays a part to it. I can't fucking speak, but yeah, I'm just I'm just having a good time. Um, obviously, still busy with loads of other stuff, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's good. I'm really really enjoying myself. And yeah, start to feel myself again. But anyway, without further ado, I will pass you on to my good friend Mark Rawlinson, who is the social media part of the social media team at Hass F1. Um, a very glamorous job. He tries to make it not sound glamorous, but yeah, it's a very glamorous job. He talks about obviously his experience in other jobs, other roles he's had in Super League, also, and this this job, this role he's in now, traveling the world. You know, being a part of a team during like a sports team during COVID, the testing and like the bubble, the team bubbles that they have, etc. Like I said, if you're a race fan, this is kind of one for you. Um, I'd recommend you listen. We tail off a little bit about little personal stories that we have, obviously, because we lived together for three years, me, myself and Mark. So we're going to just the two old mates having a good chat. Um, and also, also just him talking about his career in 
um, well, just kind of sports media and at the moment currently in F1. Um, interview with Mark Rawlinson. So I'd like to welcome my next guest on to the podcast. This guy makes his living traveling across the world with Haas F1. He's currently um, got a, he's a bit of a bit of a break at the moment. He's uh, swanning around, having a few bevies, uh, enjoying the Euros like myself. Um, my good friend and former flatmate, Mark Rawlinson. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Mark? Hello, Liam. It's an honour to, to be called up onto the podcast. Yep. I've, been waiting, I've been waiting since February or wherever, whenever it was, it, it was launched. And like, you mentioned, mentioned to me, so I'm dead excited. Like we said, like we said, Mark, when, when people want you, they want you. You don't have to... Huh. I think I'm, I'm quoting Jack Charlton with that one. If they, if they want you, they'll call you. So, yeah, came calling, I did. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. But um, how you been anyway? You've been off, um, like I said, mentioned you work for Hass F1, you're the social media... What is your official title of uh, Haas F1? Is it Haas or Haas? It, um, it depends where you're from. Uh, I'd say Haas because I think it's like a Bath Bath thing. Yeah. Uh, some people say Haas if you're from the south and posh. It's Haas. I just say Haas because I'm from Leeds. Haas. So, yeah, Haas, we'll go with Haas. Do you spit when you say Haas? Like, Haas. Like if, you're, you know, if you're northern as well, you just do that as well. No. 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 Anyway, that was a terrible joke, so we'll roll over that. <laughs> like, but yeah, your official... Job title for Haas F1, like Haas or Haas. What's, what's your, Haas, <laughs> your Haas, official? I'm the digital media coordinator Everyone on the internet just calls you admin, the social media admin, basically. Yeah, and, so, you, and you're responsible, partly responsible for everything that goes out um, on a race day and in between that, like the build-up to a race day and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Looking after our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, maybe soon TikTok if I can convince the boss. Oh yeah, we need to get we need to get moving with the way. So yeah, maybe TikTok soon. Oh wow, and you haven't? Is, is, uh, are you, would you be like the first F one team to have TikTok as well, or is it? Is everyone else gone TikTok? Now there's a few of the teams that have it. In fact, there's actually a fake account. Um, for Haas who basically just rip off our, our own Instagram videos <laughs> so I'm kind of in like well, if people are trying to pretend to be we might as well make one for us so. hey they're ripping off your stuff yeah. it's this in, like this what is it what's the um, uh, the saying like um, is it mockery the best form of flattery or best form is it yeah um, mockery it, it's like cop, it's copying it's isn't it? definitely it's not the, mockery I just Copying is the best form of flattery. I can't remember what the actual saying is. I yeah. do know what you're on about. People know, yeah, we know what we're talking about, don't we? So it's, but yeah, people are ripping off your your stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, bastards. I'll right. just take it as a compliment. Yeah. It's the it's the McLaren um uh, McLaren Ultras. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but how? So your job title, like, because when obviously I've known you for a long time now, and you've had pretty like. You've you're probably up there because me I know me and Connor um, spoke about this in the podcast like about friends who have got like very cool slash interesting job titles like I would have to say you're up there with, as one of my friends who've got like the coolest job title and the coolest job in the world like I'm sure you'll you'll dumb it down and say it's not that glamorous but to like for well you're an F1 fan as well that must be amazing for you and like but how did you get the job role at Haas and to us a bit back your background and where you obviously when you started your career from university from Stoke-on-Trent to now so yeah tell us a bit about Stoke-on-Trent that's where we met wasn't it at uni I was studying sports journalism at the time yeah Um, me and a couple of the other lads we lived with were like the regular podcast that contributed Connor Scott's yes who's now doing a much more worthwhile job of um, teaching it's a much more 
with our job than mine is so fair play to him <laughs> for that and then Steve as well that we live with as well yeah um, but no it was a couple of years before that his like, job's not worthwhile <laughs> oh yeah no you're treating people to save our country <laughs> Sorry, you just you proper life, please. Yeah, yeah. Connor's doing a great job. Yeah, and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone the bus, no, yeah. Yeah. But no. Anyway, um, yeah. No. So I, when I when I came to uni, I'd, I got because I think quite a lot of people, are, you know, go to uni not really sure what they want to do, and and I kind of did, and I didn't know if I could get a, a, a job out of it. Really, I just wanted to write about sport, um, and I'd been doing uh, a little bit of voluntary stuff for my little non-league club, Farsley Celtic, which I'm sure Liam had heard about. Well much about when when i lived at uni with him we had shares um, when we were at uni we were we were basically shareholders we, we, we know all about them. <laughs> the farsley corner the farsley corner yeah. um, we, we had a, a little shrine in the kitchen to them um, <laughs> anyway yeah, so um i've been doing that since i was like 14 15 just getting a little bit of um experience you know writing bits of the program doing bits of the website and stuff um and i did this uh sports journalism course at staff uni uh, it was just about opening doors along the way and i think that 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 work that I'd done for Farsley, the, the voluntary work I'd done for Farsley, I opened the door in my last year at, at Staffs Uni to, to do a placement with Stoke City for a year, mm. which was pretty cool. It was mainly looking after the academy and under 23s social media and match reports and stuff. But getting to do um, like some Premier League match days was pretty cool, When obviously when Stoke were in the Premier League. And uh, I, th- I think the, mo- the moment I remember the most out of that was it was Stephen Gerrard's last game. Oh, yeah. uh, the poor guy, his last game for Liverpool because he went to America, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, the poor guy had his last Premier League game for Liverpool at the Britannia Stadium at the Brat. The Brat, I was just about to say, yeah. But he did score like a belter of a goal in that game, I think. So that was that was pretty good, uh, pretty cool to see. Um, and they got battered, what, didn't they? It was like 6-1 or something, wasn't it? Uh, what Liverpool did? Yeah, they got absolutely yeah. pumped. I think they did. Yeah, the Stokies were loving that. That yeah. was when yeah, Stoke were like a top top half Premier League team with good old Mark Hughes, I think, in charge, wasn't it, back then? Yeah, he'll, be, he'll probably be the next Palace manager. No, no, my luck, yeah, so. <laughs> good luck with that. Oh, God, yeah. And then, yeah, basically I graduated. Um, really difficult to get your first job, really. It took me sort of five, six months. I was working, working at next for a little bit to earn a bit of a living because I just couldn't sit about in the house uh, doing doing nothing. Um, and all of a sudden I got sort of like three or four job interviews coming up and I was like the next thing was proper boring I was like I've got a good feeling about one of these so I handed my notice in it next before I even uh, before I even got offered a job actually um, and I, I was working at the rugby league for three and a half years mm. um, so that was like looking to begin with I think it was like a, a web, web web editor role uh, but it pretty soon became uh, looking after all the social media channels so it was like Super League which is their version of Premier League um, the RFL which is like the version of the FA really mm. uh, for not rugby league fans the Challenge Cup which is like the FA Cup and then doing some international stuff with England which is pretty cool um, and then yeah worked, worked on that for three and a half years got to cover some England World Cup games which is pretty pretty big when they were out in, in Australia in 2017 didn't get the call up to go unfortunately but yeah. uh, had some nice 5am starts to work from <laughs> home instead but yeah. having said that it was still pretty cool to you know work on a international rugby league um, the biggest tournament in, in rugby league um, and it was great for the CV and and I think it was about that time there was a there was a bit of politics going on in the office and uh, what what have you and and um, I'm going to give you a little bit of shout out here Liam I think I mentioned it to you last time we called but um, yeah yeah go uh, on this is a big mansion effort this it was like it was Jack's <laughs> wedding another lad we used to live with shout out Jack and it was a yeah good good shout, shout out to Jack Burford 
And um, and I was just chatting to you, and I think it was Richard about um, as I enjoying as I as I recall, we were I was on the floor because someone had taken my bed in my room that I'd booked, and Connor was vomiting all over. That he was like dead for oh, he was dead in the bathroom, like vomited everywhere. I've thrown him completely under the bus, but like he was just completely dead. So I didn't have a bed, so I was like, "Can I just sleep on your floor?" I just brought all the pillows and quilts and stuff, and then we just sort of started getting chatting. I, I probably just shouting at you to be fair, like Mark. But carry on, like yeah, you and Richard would give me a bit of a pep talk. I think I'd, I think I was a bit down in the dumps about my job, and maybe I'd apply for a couple of things and haven't got anything. And you were like, you were you were giving me a metaphorical slap on the face. You were like, "Mark, look at all this you've achieved. You've done the World Cup and the internationals and stuff." Um, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I think I think this is a bit of like an encouragement for everyone. Really, like it wasn't supposed to. I'm not doing a TED talk here, but um, <laughs> sometimes when when you when you're working, you know, you just do your mundane nine to five or, or whatever jobs you're doing, or ship work or whatever. You actually forget what you've uh, what you've achieved. It, it can maybe grind you down a little bit if you're not enjoying it. And it and it takes like a friend to kind of like put it in perspective and say, look, these are these are the qualities you've you've got and and shout about it really. Um. So yeah, it was about that time. I think it was around just after Christmas 2019, uh, 2018, just into the start of 2019, yeah. I applied for this job in Formula 1. I've been watching Formula 1 since I was like seven, eight years old. I was like, you know what, throw my hat in, you never know what will come of it. Um, got an interview, um, was pretty chilled in the interview actually. It helped the, the summer before we'd recruited someone in the rugby league uh, in the social media team. And I was sat on the other other side, you know, on the interview interviewer's side. Are you interviewing and, the, the, the potential candidate? candidates exactly yeah um, and that gives you such a good insight to actually what people are looking for when they're when they're um um when they're recruiting someone to to work within the team um and i think that just made me a lot more relaxed when when i was going into the interview um and yeah they they obviously like me and i managed to get a job so i started started working in formula in, in march 2019 so yeah that's your first question answered that's a bit see, that must have been when you so you said you threw your name in the hat and like you obviously if it if it sticks it sticks if it doesn't you kind of had that sort of mentality like that must have been quite cool when because you know everyone's been there when you apply for a job like whether it whichever field you're in you think like oh, i'll just i'll go for it whatever and then you get the call back to like for an interview. Were you like then like, oh shit, this could actually happen? Like, or were you thinking in your head like, were you confident of getting a call back because like because of your portfolio, like you mentioned? Because yeah, you had a really impressive. You'd been to didn't you go to America with the England rugby league team like Sam Burgess and all those guys? Yeah, exactly. I got, I got to do that like in in the summer 2018, which is pretty mad. We went to Denver. I think it was one of the first ever international rugby league games to have been played in America. Um, so I spent a week with the squad, um, and then they beat New Zealand as well yeah. out there in Denver. Um, so that was yeah, that was pretty exciting to do. So obviously in Formula One, you do a lot of international travel. So that was a, that was a big thing to say that I at least had a little bit of experience in doing it. So yeah, that was good. And you uh, you managed to snag after an award show. You took the the Super League trophy home, didn't you? You've got there's a famous photo of you like. Uh, well, famous in our friend group, like, <laughs> and obviously you've probably circled it around group chats, and I'm sure your mum and dad have got it framed as well. But like, it's just, you've got the, oh, you got the I super league, you got the super league uh, trophy in your in your bed, haven't you? Or, or like, yeah, I in, wasn't quite sleeping with it. No, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was an award ceremony. It was the Man of Steel awards that they have. It's kind of like the Player of the Year, if you like. And uh, this is one of the, the less glamorous bits of social media. 
well, in rugby and football anyway, it's not so bad in Formula One, but in, in rugby anyway, you're usually the last person to leave. You've, you've had all the event staff, the event's finished, they go home. You've had the video editing team, they've turned the video around a couple of hours after it's all finished. But then it's still got to go out on social media. So I was there at like half 12 after the awards ceremony, maybe 1 a.m., and uh, the, the trophy was in the room. The, the, they were handing out at Old Trafford on the on the on the Saturday, literally like five days later. And that's not like a small. Um, that's not like the League Cup size. That's like a big. No, it's, it's probably like yeah, like two foot tall or something. Yeah, it's proper so, heavy as well. It's like yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's not exactly like a set of car keys, is it? It's not like it's yeah. You, you, you're definitely going to see it, aren't you? This is it, yeah. And yeah. it just been left behind. All the event staff had left. I'd like try to ring a couple of them. No answer. Um, <laughs> so I was leaving. And then to make things worse, I got back to the car park. And obviously, some it was like a multi-story car park. Some car park shut like 12 o'clock. I hadn't realised it was like 1am. My car was locked in this car park in the middle of Manchester. <laughs> I was like, shit, what am I going to do here? And I was like, me, you know me being, I'm a tight Yorkshireman. I was like, oh, bloody hell, I'm going to have to take the Super League trophy home in its case on the on the mega bus <laughs> on the magic bus sorry the one pound student magic bus um, but then uh, I rang my, my uh, colleague who was still about she gave me a lift back uh, but yeah then I had to look after the trophy overnight it, it was just in our me and my uh, flatmates uh, lounge just uh, on the morning I had to get a couple of selfies with it obviously it was pretty surreal to have like a, a big trophy like that yeah that's quite cool that's just that's yeah, like that's, that would have been funny if you took it on the the Super League trophy on the mega bus home, like just kind of chilling, like in the case next to you, just thinking like, just kind of shitting it like late at night. Oh shit! What if someone like just clocks? I've got this big case. Exactly, driving through Moss Side on the uh, on the uh, on the magic bus. <laughs> yeah, on the magic you know, bus. Only just drunk students around me, probably asking what it was, but I luckily didn't have to. That would have topped the story off. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, yeah. So you had like a pretty, um, d- well, decent start to your career anyway, and then F one, like you said. That must have been as a because you were a fairly big um, you're a big football fan, you're a big sports fan in general. But that must have been quite a big thrill for you to cover Super League. But for F1, that must have been on a different level. Like obviously, what you're doing now. That's do you, do you pinch yourself often? Like what is it like? Talk us through like just working with an F1 team. Like is it as glamorous as everyone thinks, or is yeah like race days? What is it like? What are race days like for you? Well, yeah, just for like, just what you said to begin with, like working in it, like it, I'd never even say it as like a career goal to work in Formula One. You know, you see, you see in Formula, you see on telly. Sorry, I've, I, like I said, I've been growing up watching this since like six, seven years old. You just think it's so out of reach. So mm-hmm. to actually get to work and it's like, wow, this is, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it wasn't even. I hadn't even set set. Set, set out to work and it's a, to, to get to do it, which yeah. is incredible. Um, like and the first race I ever did in, in Bahrain, like it was it was mad. Like not a bad race to start with as well. Not a bad, not no, a bad, not a bad place yeah, to start. Exactly, it was pretty cool. But like just just being like I had a, at the time, I had a, a pass to get on the grid. Um, they've had to tighten it up a little bit because of COVID this year. So there's not as many people on the grid. But walking on the grid, like you know, half an hour before the race, there's the cars everywhere. There's the mechanics. It was just like wow this is incredible it was just amazing to 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 get to do um and then after obviously you get used to it a little bit more after three or four races um but you still pinch yourself when like i usually go out on a on a sunday just as the cars are leaving the garage to go out to the grid and seeing like 20 cars come past it's like wow this is this is incredible you get paid to do that you get yeah this is your job that's (laughs) that's like that must have yeah like the first race like so were you 
because obviously, did they even prep you like your the bosses? Did they prep you about like okay, obviously you're an F one fan, you're gonna see quite because it's quite a glamorous sport. A lot of like the big like big stars are seen at places like yeah, obviously Monaco, Bahrain as well, and and like Abu Dhabi, like the big races. Everyone, all the stars seem to come out for it. Did yeah. they kind of prep you like say yeah, you need to be on job or like you need to sort of get over the sort of start or do they give you a bit of leeway because it's your first race like you're allowed to be a bit starstruck at times or I think it's kind of just expected like yeah you just get on and concentrate and obviously you want to make a good effort so you probably I probably went into it going too far the other way like I won't get any pictures with anyone because um, I want to look professional and stuff whereas uh, actually I'm not, I don't want to start name dropping here but the, the, the <laughs> David Beckham was actually at that race I didn't see him but some of our mechanics got pictures with him I wouldn't have had the balls to come up to him and ask for a picture on my first race hey up Dave have a picture with him <laughs> exactly have a picture David hey up Dave um, United school um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think I've said that yeah. Um, but yeah just like um, I guess you just kind of get into it and it's, it's it takes a couple of races to get used to it. Like, obviously, I know Formula One pretty well. You don't know it inside out until you've worked in it. Even then, you, you always learn it, and it's always changing. Um, but obviously, I grew up watching it. But to, to work in a sport is completely different from watching it. Mm. Um, so it takes a couple of races to kind of get into it. It was also my first, the first time I, I think my boss had, had managed someone, so he was getting used to to that as well. Oh. Um, but like after sort of like five or six races, you kind of just get into it, and it, and it does become a norm. But you do have to keep pinching yourself and, and thinking, wow, this is this is incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like as a as a fan, like like you said, you watched it from like seven or eight, and I I tell like loads of people who I'm, I'm not. You know me, I'm not a massive Formula One fan, but like I yeah. do like, well, whatever. But like, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I watch it. But like um, I know people who love like my stepdad like loves Formula One. I know a few people as well love it, and I say, oh yeah, my mate works for Haas Formula One. They're like, what? Fuck off! No way! They're like just always. <laughs> That's that's another thing I can kind of like flex your job, but like um, but that's that's yeah that's just incredible like that you like yeah the first race must have been shit like I've actually got to be on job here I can't be kind of just staring around kind of gawping at people and you know be like a kid in a candy shop almost like it must have been a bit yeah like you said four or five races in it's you get used to it but do you ever really get used to it at the same time like do you ever cut yourself off guard thinking like wow this is like when you the famous race, like say Monaco, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Monaco, we just had. To be fair, when I when I'm posting a couple of pictures on Monaco, I always get the most people like replying on in my DMs saying, "Oh wow, I'm so jealous of you. That's that's an amazing job, mm. etc." Yeah, it's cool. It's like it's kind of like the Disneyland, you know, version of like it is the the most glamorous Formula One race and everything. It, it, it's it's mental to work. It's difficult to work because it's so much more cramped because you're working in this tiny, tiny little town anyway mm. where everything's on top of each other. Um, usually you, your office is out the back of um, the garage so it's like a one-minute walk into the garage. But here you're sort of five, six, seven minutes walk all the way down the harbour side to get there. It's like a, a miles walking and out on an evening and stuff. So you do a hell of a lot of walking on the Monaco Grand Prix weekend. So that's kind of the non-glamorous side to it, really. You get your steps um, in at the Monaco Grand Prix. You, you, exactly. You, you get... Because we can't have all our offices out. We were literally sat in the back of a truck. There was benches. It wasn't like we were sat, sat on the floor of a truck. You're, some, then, you're, you're in the back of some shed with your laptop just like between <laughs> away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in Monaco. Is that, the, is that the one where all the stars come out then? Like, is it all like... Is that the one where you thought like, Jesus Christ, like everyone's here? 
like or yeah. do you or do you have time because you're working do you have time to actually notice it because you have to be on job like because with social yeah. media it's yeah you're just posting all the time aren't you yeah, no, you, people, like the famous people usually stick out like a self it's the way they walk or they've got a bit of an entourage with them, haven't they? Mm. Um, there's obviously not been as many guests this year because of COVID, like they're beginning to relax it a little bit. But when I went in 2019, I'm trying to think who was there, there was Odell Beckham Jr. was there in the pit lane and stuff. Um, this is what I, I felt, I would have felt a hypocrite trying to get a picture with him because I've got, you know me, I've not got a massive interest in NFL like yeah. Connor or I know you're into off steel or something, I'm sure. I would have felt a hypocrite going up to get a picture with him. Oh, they, 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 they would have been. I reckon they would have been excited about excited for you. That would have been cool yeah. because, like, we know that's like just a cool thing, isn't it? Because he's he's a, he's a massive star. I think you don't have to be a NFL like you know who he is, don't you? So you're not a massive NFL yeah, exactly. like fan, but that's quite cool. Like, do you ever see? Is that because? Trying to think, like, because like did you meet Harry, Prince Harry once or Prince William or? Well, actually, there's Prince Harry. That was at the rugby league. Um, at the time, he was like the patron for rugby league. Oh, the rugby I league. Didn't meet him, but he was at yeah, he was at Headingley Stadium um, covering some. I can't, I can't remember. It was, it was some Irishman event, and he was just there playing rugby with some kids, which was pretty mad to see a while there. Yeah, that was mad. To, I did, well, you could call him King Gareth Southgate. I met, met him. Well, I asked him for a picture. Let's not like say I was getting into conversation with him, but it's still said a couple of years ago. That was like quite a cool moment. That's but, quite cool. Is Silver yeah. is Silverstone quite a cool experience? Like as a like a British race fan, like that's that must have been quite cool for you. Yeah, it is good. Like it is probably it's one of the best races to work at as well, just because of the heritage of Formula One. Like it's, Formula One is probably the UK is one of the biggest country in the world for Formula One. Um, like there's massive fans in Brazil and stuff, because a lot of the teams are based there. Um, it is quite special, and the the. the the fans are so knowledgeable like they're saying hopefully I don't know what's going to happen with the, the obviously you know with the COVID rules not being relaxed at the moment but they were going to have 300,000 fans in in July wow. um, for the race which is just like a huge audience isn't it that's um, massive yeah so yes yeah, Silverstone's pretty cool to work out is well. that 300,000 over the course of the weekend that's yeah that's kind of because pe- I've, I've heard people like talk about like well, I think that's literally on the Sunday they have 300,000 on the day around. there's a lot of different grandstands and banks all around the track if you think the track's about three and a half miles long there's a lot of like space for people to sit out and watch yeah yeah actually it's just not like as long as they're not crammed in that's like a Covid logistical nightmare isn't it <laughs> kind of, exactly like people just explode like just the, their heads just like oh my god but um, what's your What's your favourite track to go to, and what's your least favourite track to go to to cover? Like when you when you tell, like say, when you when you know this one's coming, you're like, you're like oh yes, or the, and the other ones you're like, oh fuck's sake, we've got to go to that place. Like when what's, what's we'll start off with the worst, and then we'll go with the best. Oh, the worst. Um, I remember you telling some dodgy Russian stories. Yeah, Russians isn't the most. It's quite it's quite cold. <laughs> It's just it doesn't have a lot of character really. Uh, I've got to be careful because our, spo- our sponsor now is Russian. But, um, <laughs> but it's just next race, you'll just have a red dot on your head. You'll be taken out. <laughs> exactly. But it's now the the the, um, the place where you stay there. So it's it's basically at the old Winter Olympic Park in for you know when Sochi had the Winter Olympics in 2014. Yeah. So the Winter Olympic accommodation has been turned into like, it's like the Russian Butlins. You get a lot of Russian <laughs> holiday makers there because it's like the Russian Riviera on the Black Sea, I think it is. Um, the Russian Butlins, they say that on the door. <laughs> no, but it looks like it. It's got the signing and all like kiddies writing and stuff in, in you know, Russian form and stuff. So I've got no idea what it says to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I remember 
this is just solely on the breakfast I had one day. It was the first day we were there, and it instantly put a downer on it. We went down for breakfast, and there was like, um, there was like these stale cornflakes and what I thought was milk I was going to pour on it but it was like this congealed milk thing I think it was like Russian milk or something bit of vodka as well it was like yeah probably probably and then there was like a meat option for breakfast as well but it was like grey and brown slabs of meat it wasn't like you know ham or something that you could and I was just like there was a little like um Russian co-op on site or something I was like yeah I'm just going to get some cereal bars instead <laughs> but that, that gave it a bad uh, bad feeling to begin with but it's, it's okay there's, not, there's no terrible ones to work out but just when you are travelling a lot of time it's nice to have like a, a decent hotel I'm not saying like a five star or anything yeah. um, and you know if you've got internet that works out there I remember the 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 internet at that Russian hotel was rubbish. Like you had to pay like five quid to use the gym and stuff, even though you're staying in a hotel. It's just all these little things where you just like, ugh. so I've right. only, I've only done that once, but that's probably one of the, the least favorite ones to do. Mm. Like, cause as well, cause so yeah, Russian then, because you can say like, cause if you've, cause you've done all of them now, haven't you? You've done all the races. You've done all Yes, the- except Austria, which I'm doing. I missed Austria two years ago because of a really good mate's wedding. And then I wasn't doing all the travelling last year, so I didn't get to go to that one. Mm. Um, but that's in that's like in the middle of the Austrian Alps and stuff. It looks beautiful. Um, so I'm doing that in, in two weeks' time, so I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, that'd be cracking, yeah, that'd be brilliant. And like um what is yeah, so what's the fate what's your favourite one? When you when you see this coming up in the lot like, in a few weeks' time or when it's coming up, you're like, Oh, get in, like we're gonna all encompassing we're gonna we're gonna be eating well we're gonna stay in a great place and just like in general your favorite race to go to there's a couple of good ones like it's really fun to do like um sit races where you where you're in the city you can, you can go out and see the restaurants and stuff and see the sights in the city go out for a few beers and stuff in the evenings when you get back from the park so mm. if, anyone, if anyone asks me what the ultimate one to do is it's like montreal was really it was really cool mm. um like the loads of good restaurants there um the track's quite a cool track to work at as well um that's that's really up there. Um, my boss used to live in Montreal as well, so he he kind of knew the city, so oh. he was kind of taking us around to all the good parts. And they have like Canadian football, which is basically like American football. But I think they have a few less downs. This is the CFL, so, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. And then um, he he's he's into his NFL CFL anyway. So we went along to a game with him, you know, just having a bit of beer and pizza. And, and like I say, I'm not the biggest fan of like American football, Canadian football, but I'll always go to like a live event. Um, that was one of the things when I was slagging Musher off before, like um, it, the, the Sochi ice hockey team um, play in the Olympic Park there and we yeah. got free tickets to go and see that. And again, I've never really watched ice hockey. It's probably the same with you. You might watch, well, you might do. I remember, didn't we have NHL? Someone, someone had an NHL game up at uni. We played on the... Uh, I, in, the last, in the last couple of years, I've become like a massive ice hockey fan. I've really like just really become a bit obsessed with it. I, I, watch, it all, I watch as much as I can. I kind of take as much in it as possible yeah so you're watching like um i don't know that because that's the, it's in the khl in russia isn't it um i don't i don't know the teams in russia i just know like they've this podcast i listen to like they have guests like former hockey players who just talk about like crazy russian stories it's just the it's the funniest thing ever but yeah no um yeah what we were talking about we we're just talking about so yeah the little perks like when you like live events and stuff exactly i would never dream of going to actually no i would i've always said to a couple of mates I'm sure it's not the same level, but there's Manchester Ice Hockey Team. We go and see. I go and watch these things, you know, in person because mm. it's a cool experience to see live. I wouldn't sit down and watch a sport I wasn't that bothered about in front of the telly. But mm. you know, going to an event and going to watch stuff, watch a sport live. That I mean, it does it does 
it makes it a lot cooler, doesn't it? And yeah. You can appreciate it a lot more. Um, Plus, you're a sports fan, aren't you? So you're just you're naturally interested. Exactly, and you're there with other guys on the team and stuff. It's just a bit, bit of a nice social night out. It's better than maybe just going for food. It just breaks it up a little bit. It's just doing something different and, and seeing like a bit a bit of the culture of the country. You know, sampling it in a different way might not necessarily be eating or whatever. Mm. But yeah, just just experience of that. But yeah, just a couple of other races that were cool. Like Melbourne was was awesome to do. Although technically, I haven't done a race there because we, we travelled all the way there in March last year, and it was in the middle of March, just when oh yeah, the shit was hitting the fan with COVID, and and it actually got cancelled on the Friday morning, sort of two hours before the cars were due to go out on shit. track. Um, so it was cancelled, which obviously was was a nightmare. There was a few guys from McLaren that tested positive from it, so they had to stay out. So that was obviously a big negative to it. But um, it did mean like we we packed away on the Friday night, and then I was flying home on a Sunday evening. So I had like the whole weekend to kind of explore Melbourne mm. and stuff, which was really good. So that again, that was another one way in the city. So getting to see the city there, um, Budapest, awesome. Like me and you went on Jack Stag doing. Budapest yeah, Budapest is great. Yeah, city that is. We've got that one coming up in August. And I always say to people, um, you know, I've got a few friends that are into Formula 1 this hour, which we should have go to, like, Budapest. Mums at Budapest is great because it's cheap. Tickets are like 70 quid to get in. You can probably get a fairly cheap flight. And it's an awesome city to, to go and visit as well, yeah. isn't it? Um, so that's good. And then one other one, which which says Old Japan, was awesome as well, just because, again, it's not a city thing there. You're not in a city, but it's just an amazing culture. And I got... I got a one free day to go and um, get get out and see the uh, city, and I went to Kyoto, which is like the old imperial capital of Japan. So they've got a load of little temples and really old buildings there, and um, just getting to see that, like I would never have ever been been able to afford to go to Japan and and, and witness all this mm. uh, stuff, and just incredibly lucky and fortunate with this job to to get to do stuff like this. Um, so yeah, they're they're my top four favorites, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so if it, if it's in a city, I, I should like obviously Budapest. That's a hell of a place to go out afterwards, and you know, great little like ruined bars. And you, didn't you mention Monza? Because didn't you say Monza is one of the good ones? Because it's not you can get a cheap flight out there. And it's not too far. It's not too far from Milan, so you can fly into Milan and then get yeah. like the transport. And obviously, the tra- public transport in Italy is is brilliant anyway. But like, it just seems you said that like kind of marries up perfectly. Like, can just be not that much of an expensive weekend. Exactly, yeah. it's good to get around. Again, the cheap, the, the cheap tickets for the Formula One are pretty cheap. You can get them for about hundred euros. You're in a city centre, so you can, you know, go out and go and go for drinks and food and stuff, and see see the sights. Like after you, if going as a fan, you can go and do that as, as working there. You can go and do it as well. And um, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend like Monza and Budapest as like the top two European races to go and visit if if you're an F1 fan that wants to do it on a budget because yeah you can you can you can make a city break of it and then go and watch the racing as well and and like the, the Italian fans are mad as well obviously like the majority of them are Ferrari fans um so get to see the atmosphere of of all them as well is is pretty awesome the Ferrari ultras the um uh... yeah the Tifosi yeah it's <laughs> just like. Just big, like just big fat blokes. You know the Newcastle fans, like just big, big <laughs> with red flares and stuff. Yeah, with the shirts off. Yeah, with the shirts nice. off. But they're just tri- they're just side. they're just trimmed Italian men. Just you know, they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're not yeah, they fat. Don't look quite like yeah, they're sipping on their uh, what do they call it? Brown Newcastle Newkey Brown. Yeah, they're sipping on yeah, a, a Montepulciano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about as mad for the team as them. Yeah, but that's 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 like yeah, like you said, it's just obviously just pinching yourself of the other aspects of the job, like getting to travel around the world and, you know, seeing these places you thought you'd never see. And 
Well, that's 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 like that's the cool. That, for me, that's like the cool bit. Like, obviously, you're working um, in a sport that you really like and love. But like that, yeah. that other part of it is like really cool. And when you saying, you remember you saying like on, you texted me the other day. It's like it's not that glamorous, but you made it sound really glamorous just then. So. <laughs> I know. Well, it's at the moment that it. it I mean, again, anyone, anyone listening, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moaning because I know it's, it's, it's really difficult for everyone out there at the moment, you know, not being able to, to go on holiday and uh, go on holiday freely on a budget and stuff and you're having to pay for all these COVID tests, etc. if you are going to risk going. Um, but at the moment it is, a, it is a bit of a pain, like you are traveling and then every time we come back, we've got to isolate for five days. So we maybe get two days free on a weekend, then you're back to work and stuff. So it is quite draining from... A, a social side from your friends and family back home because you might get you know two days every two or three weeks to actually go out and do what you want to do obviously i'm i'm really fortunate to get to do this job so i'm not i don't want to sound like i'm murdered but at the moment it's not on glamour and stuff and there's certain <laughs> lockdowns and stuff yeah. so if i don't want anyone to get out the mini violin <laughs> i'm not saying yeah, no. i'm not saying that but there are, believe there are me mark yes <laughs> It's going so I just right want now. To make it seem less, 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 less fabulous than it is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. I probably I threw you under the bus there a little bit, but what was? Because what I see, COVID hit like because it seemed like when sports shut down, like football and everything like that shut down, the the world seemed to shut. It was just nothing to really do or watch anymore. Like, with, yeah. obviously, I know that sports isn't everything, but it you, it highlighted how big football in particular um means to everyone in this country really because when it and obviously in america like all the um collegiate sports the nfl nba all those like teams like shut down didn't they what was it like working for pretty basically like a, a you know sporting like franchise has how would you describe it? it's not really a franchise it's just a team isn't it yeah team, yeah. yeah so what was it like working with like, because when you were allowed to go back to the races, was were you having getting tests all the time? And like, because I know footballers every day got tested. Were you, and so were the staff. Were you in the same boat as the race, as, as the as the drivers and all the um, uh, mechanics and stuff? Yeah, it's a pretty rigid like, protocol across the whole Formula One, whether you're a driver, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're you know media staff. Like so, um, you have to. Especially if you're traveling abroad, you have to have a COVID test two days before you fly. So I've had one this morning because I fly to the next race on Wednesday. Then you you have another one the day you get to the track. So I'll have one on Thursday. Then I'll have another one on Saturday. Um, so I've got proof that I've tested negative to fly to the next place. Whether I'm flying onto the next race, in this occasion we're going to France. Uh, so we're going to Austria after France or, or flying home. And then when you come back to the UK, um, you have to have... Uh, COVID test on the second day you get back you can do that one at home and then if you're on a test test to release scheme because if you're coming back from like an amber or a redless country obviously or an amber country that we're all going to at the moment you have to isolate for 10 days um, but you can get out after 5 days if you have a proper test on day 5 mm. but then you've got to have a test on day 8 as well so basically you kind of having when when you're travelling full time you're kind of having 3 tests a week which is no big deal it's just cotton bud up you know as you get used to it after yeah. a while Um but it's just all these extra things at the moment, but it's it's the price obviously we have to pay to keep everyone safe and you know keep it under wraps because there are there are a couple of cases every every now and then in Formula One, but they, they do a good job of um, keeping on top of it. And it's just the reality we're living with at the moment until yeah. obviously a lot of the world have got the vaccination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think um, 
it's just a, like, like you say you just become a bit immune to it it's just part of your job now isn't it that's just part exactly. of your, your working week pretty much so but that must have been quite weird because with no fans as well um being at the races have you have, is there still fans at the is there no fans at the races or it depends country by country like yeah obviously every country's got their own restrictions and where they are with covid and how cautious they're being um so Monaco, we were a couple like three, four weeks ago. They had, I think, twenty percent fans. So especially when you're somewhere like Monaco, it's kind of a bit about the fans. Um, so yeah. it's nice to have some of them there. But then I didn't do Baku last. Last I didn't go to Baku. I was working from home. But they had no fans there. Um, the drivers do say they do. You know, it's probably more so when they're on the grid and they can hear the excitement of the fans. Because probably when you're driving the car, obviously you're fully focused on the on the race, and obviously the cars are pretty noisy, so you're not going to hear the fans that's anyway. What, that's what my next question was going to be because you hear footballers um, talk about not having fans in, and they they obviously I think I heard one footballer say like the, just the weird thing was when you go out for warm ups, just no one is there, and yeah, yeah. when you're in the game, like it's just. You, it's just really strange when, when you have like when you, obviously when you score a goal just nothing is there um, yeah. with the race with the drivers um, surely because when there when there are fans there like can they hear them like all the time because the cars are just like proper loud um, yeah not really when they're in the cars I don't think yeah yeah I don't think really but they've got it the, the fans have got it sorry the, the drivers have got it easy at the moment because usually when when all the fans are in when I started in 2019 you have <clears throat> you have a fan zone appearance and maybe they go and do another signing then we have guests in the team so they're having to sign everything mm. uh, they're, quite, they're quite busy they maybe spent maybe two or two hours of the, the, across the weekend which isn't a lot of time but it is a bit of time uh, but they've got it easy at the moment they just do like a five minute online five ten minute um, you know online fans event um, so I'm sure they're loving, they're it, loving it. They don't have to speak to the yeah. dregs of society, do they? Have to, <laughs> the, the, the little people. They don't have to speak to the little people, do they? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton can just sort of like stare from his ivory tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any like um, I remember when you said um, last time about obviously your team was involved in like that big obviously Roman Grosjean in that big crash, and I know that you were working from home at that point. I remember you saying. Um, well, just talk us through that that whole like experience because it was, it's not funny. But when you said, didn't you see the crash and you thought, oh, thank God, that's not one of our, that's not one one of our drivers. Then you, yeah, like, you're like, oh shit, it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So last season I was mainly working from home. I did got the chance to do three three races, um, but the last three in the Middle East, <clears throat> I was working from home, and it was the yeah, it was the third last race of the season. Um, and for yeah, I'm for sure anyone I... who doesn't know, just for briefly feeling like Roman Grosjean, like like a massive crash, and it was like the the car just became a bit of a fireball, didn't it? And see, would probably be maybe, maybe there will be the odd person that hasn't seen it, but it's one of these clips that transcends the sport. Really, like it's so shocking. Obviously, it gets shared everywhere. I, I reckon a lot of people, like more people in this world, will have seen it than not. It was like, but obviously, it wasn't as dramatic. But do you remember that that shot in the golf a couple of years ago when it kind of like skimmed across the water and he got a hole in one? Yeah, yeah. That. It's one of these mad things that. Obviously, you don't have to be fancy. You're just like overawed by how mad it is. Like it's just a video that does the rounds. Everyone's seen exactly, it. Exactly, because it's so shocking or so funny or, or whatever. This obviously was on the shocking end. Um, but yeah, it was the, the race had just started. Um, I was sat in my uh, in my in my room in Manchester. Where I had a little. Uh, I was set up to to tweet the race from, and um, you saw this like massive fireball off in the background. And yeah, I remembered, like I said to you, like you just said, I was like, shit, I hope that's not our car. And I've got, on my on my computer, I've got like this little data feed, so it tells you where everyone is on my track. And 
Um, so you've got like a track diagram and it had grow, which was grows and obviously just stuck. And I was like, shit, that's one of our drivers. Like you kind of like, what the hell do I do here? And, um, my boss was absolutely fantastic. Um, he, he, cause I didn't have access to the team radio or anything when you're working remotely. Um, when I'm, when I'm working at a race, you listen to them, massive headsets you've got on your heads. So you get all the team radio through and my boss just messaged me within sort of a minute, just saying, we've just heard he's out of the car. And as soon as you hear that, you're just like massively relieved. And then he, he, he showed the clip on the TV of him out of the car. And I think everyone like just breathed a sigh of relief. I was like a massive sigh of relief. And you kind of like shaking, but it was just at that moment where you just, it's, if you, if I, if someone had said to me at the start of that day, this is going to happen, <laughs> I'd be absolutely bricking it, you know, mm. but, um, you just kind of like, you're just in full flow, full, full flow. You kind of, you know, your job. And then my, yeah, I say my boss would just send it me really precise messages, put this out, put you safe. Um, <clears throat> and then I think it was about an hour between <clears throat> the, the accident happened and, and then the race restarted. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was, it was, it, it's just one of those situations where you just lose track of time. You know, it felt like it went in like three or four minutes. Um, but like, yeah, my boss was sending me this certain crucial things to send out. And then it was actually quite helpful watching it, watching it from on Sky Sports because you got little bits of extra information from there. And, you know, <coughs> we got photos sent through from our photo agency. And they're at the track and, and just putting out a tweet saying thanks to the medical teams and the firefighters that were, were there straight away. And you just kind of like leap into action. Mm. And then obviously the race restarted. And it, you just, obviously it's the, the whole of Formula 1 was obviously just like really shocked by it and obviously so relieved that he got out alive. Um, but it was just like, you just gave the race a whole different atmosphere. It didn't really matter who won that day. It was yeah. just that he got out alive from it. And then you just kind of like, on such a, it sounds weird, but such a high and just buzzing from what's happened because like, kind of like, I don't want to sound big headed or anything here, but the tweet I've put out is kind of like told everyone that he was safe, obviously, aside from people watching on the TV, but just the updates we were putting, you know, that he got minor burns to his hands, he wasn't badly burnt and stuff. And it was me putting that information out to the world. I was like, yeah. this is when I sat back later, I was like, that is absolutely crazy. Um, I remember you, you said, kind of, I remember you saying on the phone last time, like whatever you, you it took you a while to like clock that everything you were putting out was what all the sort of like other, like, yeah, like Sky Sports, the, like other sporting news as well, like across the, but not just like the ones you recognize, but all over the place. Like they were just, exactly. putting, they were using your, you know, your information and putting it out <laughs> to the world information from the team exactly yeah and yeah it was just the race obviously finished we we was, we struggled last year so it wasn't much to say from the race but obviously it was like the main thing was like yeah my man's my man's safe that's the main thing and then you put a few other posts out and get the get the regular um <coughs> report on the website and the quotes out and stuff and a few more reflection tweets and then you just sat down and i think it was i don't know 10 11 o'clock at night and you just kind of like wow you, you kind of like start reflecting back and thinking how it could have gone differently and mm. i just remember not being able to get to sleep for like three or four hours like that night just because you just like replaying in your head even though i was you know five or six thousand miles away um you just you still feel part of the team and i think a lot you just know you see you've seen all the shocked faces on tv of the mechanics and the physios and on all sorts there and it, it was just like even though i was away from them it was it was kind of like you just yeah, it was just a surreal, it was a surreal day and it's definitely been the, the craziest day I've ever worked, even though I was literally sat in my bedroom working. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it probably, 
I hope nothing will top that because it was like pretty, not that it was a good thing to do, but it was obviously an extreme day, but it was definitely the, the craziest day of work I've ever, I've ever done and like the most emotionally draining and all, and all that. But yeah, it was, that was, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. I remember you saying like, um, oh, what is, cause obviously, yeah, like a team, like, you know, the guy, you know, the driver, you know, everyone who's involved at the track. So like, obviously you've got like personal investments in this. So, yeah, to think, like you said, you just have a kind of switch. You can't really dwell on it that long, and you just kind of obviously got on with what you're doing. And like being at the racetrack, that must have been obviously stressful. It was stressful for you being at home working it. So it was, it's, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was kind of, it was kind of helpful that I was away from the situation because otherwise I'd be sat in the garage. You know, you'd be chatting to everyone. You'd have all been like such high on adrenaline. I could kind of separate myself from that team situation. I was getting the information from the commentators from the TV, extra information. I was getting the key information from my boss. And I, I was getting all these pictures through. Obviously, they didn't put out the, the gory images of the fire and stuff straight away. Mm. Um, but you could separate yourself from the, the incident. And then you're obviously putting stuff out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. When it's a big event like that's happening, you can kind of cover all your bases and all sorts. And you, I could kind of like put my head down and focus. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. And then the, the days after that, it, it was a bit mad because we'd announced a couple of, about a month before that Kevin and Romano were leaving the team. And <clears throat> I think on the Monday, we announced that our reserve driver um, was racing for the final two races of the season because obviously Roman was, was too badly burned to race those last two. And on the Tuesday and Wednesday of that week, we were announcing our new drivers for 2021. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was just like the craziest like five or six days yeah. in the job, really. But again it was kind of helpful to work from home because I could be away from it and really work on the the social media stuff and it was yeah it was it was really it was really just massive eye opener and just look back on it now it was a real big achievement and like I say in, in future obviously it's not something you want to glorify but it's it's something cool and to say on your CV and stuff you know that you worked on something like that mm. and didn't you say because it was like because obviously the nature of because like a lot of people would say like Formula One is boring. I'm I'm in that sort of boat as well. Like, didn't you say your social media feeds like Instagram or Twitter, like the sort of followers like doubled in size because of they just wanted to see like didn't you say they were they were more bothered about watching the crash than they were bothered about the new drivers or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah probably yeah, they were more <clears throat> they were more bothered about knowing that Roman was fine. Um, than the announcement of the new drivers really but mm. that's just because people I think but it was the same obviously what we saw on Saturday with Christy Erickson yeah. I don't know if you're watching that was like obviously horrific to see um, but every, everyone just gets behind that when they know when it's life and death it kind of it kind of brings morality doesn't it into yeah. into 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 your own life and even though you know you might be an Arsenal fan or I know he's plays at Inter now but everyone just wants someone to pull through at that situation like a lot of people Roman had a lot of doubters and people that knocked him because he did he did make quite a few mistakes when he was in Formula 1 but at that moment like nobody cares everyone just wants him to be okay yeah no but um, yeah just, it was the, yeah. everything that's happened before kind of goes out the window and yeah, yeah that Christian Eriks I wasn't I was actually on my way to my friend's house and yeah. like he was he greeted me on the um, uh, like front door the front porch and he was like heading his hand. I was like, "What's up? Like, what's going on?" And he goes, oh, "I think Christian Eriksen's dead." Yeah. And we're like, "Fucking yeah, yeah. hell!" And I saw the footage of it. That's just, it's kind of scary. Like, it's just really like stuff like that. And obviously, go back to the Roman Grosjean thing. Like, yeah, just seeing the footage of it when he clawed like that's like sensational like footage of him like getting out the car while the car is like pretty much a fireball. Like that's. Yeah. Wow, like that was just incredible to see, and obviously to come away fairly unscathed. I know he had like severe burns on his hands. 
Um, as they're permanently scarred, aren't they? Yeah, but I think they're improving all the time. As you, you know, yeah. he's got cream for them and everything. And like, he's racing in IndyCar in the United States. I mean, he started racing in in that three or four months after the after that that horrific crash. I mean, that's like that's a massive massive achievement in itself, isn't it? Yeah, but, you can't yeah, you can't just, say F one drivers are soft, can you? No, no exactly. <laughs> you can't use that argument now. Can you? Not not. That I don't think it was ever was an argument, but it's uh, just many. Well, you kind of, you, you kind of, because it's not as dangerous. I remember I was having a chat about this, like. There has been one death since I've been. I thought safety was so good nowadays that there would be no deaths in Formula One when I was watching. Um, there was a death of Jules Bianchi in 2014. It wasn't directly at the track, but basically he his car went. It was in Japan, heavy rain. His car went under like this tractor that was, um, you know, recovering this other the car that had spun off, and his head hit the tractor and crushed yeah. it. 150 miles an hour, and he died like several months later in hospital, Jesus. as obviously as a result of that. Um, and, but then they brought in the halo to protect the driver's heads and stuff. And, and it is a hell of a lot safer, obviously, than the 50s and 60s, where, you know, I think probably half the, I think if you raced in, I can't, there's some statistics, statistic, but I think if you raced in 50 races, there was at least a 50% chance you'd die. Yes, which is just incredible. And the safety's come so far, you kind of, you kind of like, oh, yeah, there won't be any deaths here. And it's kind of, it takes a situation like that. And there was a lad that obviously died in the Formula 2 in 2019 in Belgium. Um, it's these moments where you're like, yeah, it is incredibly dangerous. They are racing at 200 miles an hour. Where, like, mm. if something goes wrong, um, and it's it's like a freak circumstances, really, because like this, the Grosjean crash, like he his car went through the barrier, which barrier wasn't doing its proper job there. They've put they've put a load of um, protection in front of that um, now to make sure that can't happen, and it brings on safety developments further down the line. Mm. Um, but it's an incident like that. You, you kind of makes you re remember, you know, it is actually a dangerous sport, and it yeah. could still cost someone's life. Yeah, it's just unfortunate these things like have to happen for then, like yeah, like the barrier that that car shouldn't go through the barrier. Yeah. Like they have to then like improve it, and it's just a shame that something ha- like that has to happen to for them to do it. But obviously, they wouldn't have done it anyway. But well, yeah, it was just because it was a freak angle to go in at. Yeah, like, and again with this guy that, that that died in Belgium, it was a freak accident. And although safety's come along and, you know, 99 out of 100 big accidents you're going to be protected against, there's still a certain angle where the car would go in or if you hit from a certain angle from another car going at 150 miles an hour, where when you're talking about the forces of that, like, I think the Roman crash was, I think it was measured, measured at sort of like 55G, which is just massive, isn't it, for your, A, for your body to to be able to withstand that and then pull yourself out of the, of the, of the flames and everything. But like a 55G um, impact, is just, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Mm, that's, 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 yeah, that's like this, it's kind of sensational, isn't it? It's just, it's crazy. But yeah, like that's obviously the, you've, and you've kind of seen like the sort of, the extremes of the sport then, haven't you? Working in Formula One, because that's, isn't that the first incident you, like first big incident you really saw or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so you just yeah, like I said, it's a sobering sort of reminder that it is is a very dangerous sport, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, mate. Like any um, also, I remember you talking about uh, other like team, like like your team. Obviously, sounds like you've got a quite tight knit group. Do you ever do you ever socialise with other teams, or is there like rival teams? Like you never talk to say the Ferrari guys, or you never talk to Honda. I'm not sure Honda have a team anymore, but like. Like, new engines. Yeah, like it's, Renault or something. Yeah. At the moment, it's pretty diffi- difficult because everyone's in team bubbles and stuff, so there's not much mixing in between teams. You'll, you'll see people in the paddock and, and stuff. Uh, I guess the people I'd speak to from other teams are 
the, the guys and girls doing like the social media and media jobs really because they're in a similar line of work to, to me and mm. although you've all got different drives and slightly different requests from the sponsors and every team's a little bit different oh sorry I'm just watching the football and the Slovakia gone two and up I yeah. used to love listening to the podcast when you were like <laughs> watching the Champions League it's like oh yeah just watching Bayern Munich here <laughs> that was old school um, that was old school podcast when it's like it's asking, let's go like, it's kind of just kind of Talking about something and completely sidetracked. I'm a bit disappointed because I've got Lewandowski in my uh, Euros fantasy team and he's not done anything. I think he's maybe a bit past it now. Yeah, I've got Poland. I mean, he's just scored about 80 goals in a season. I don't think he's that bad. Oh, Lewandowski. But to be fair, he's uh, he's paying for a. Bayern Munich are better than Poland, so he's, he hasn't got like he hasn't got the players around him to, to score a load, of, a load of goals. But he's still, I can, he can still cut the mustard international wise, can he? Yeah, he's still a class. He's one of the best strikers out there. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked. We're still yeah. sidetracked, yeah. yeah. He's, he turned... Maybe speak to the other media people, yeah. social media people and, and stuff like the guy at Alpha's a really sound, Alpha Romeo's a really sound guy. Uh, but when you all just kind of share, especially the teams that are similar sized here, mm. you've kind of got the same constraints versus like a McLaren or a Red Bull that have got, you know, a full videography team. They've probably, probably got five or six people to film on put the social media out whereas as a small team like us and Alfa Romeo it's basically one person so yeah. you, you kind of like you, you discuss similar problems and you tell each other little bits of social media on their channels that you like and stuff and it's, it's kind of nice just to chat to the other people and, and know what, what issues they're having and what's worked well for them and you just Some kind tips. of learn from each other with that as well tips and tricks of the trade yeah definitely was it like I remember you said because it's funny you mentioned McLaren so I remember you you well, you weren't bitching about them, but you were. Uh, I remember you saying, like, they're good, but they know they're good. Like, they walk around with a bit of like, attitude. It's that... probably Mercedes, actually. It's Mercedes. Oh, it's yeah, Mercedes. yeah, yeah. Just because they've won the seven championships, they're a little bit <laughs> almost arrogant about it. <laughs> they're like, there was one bad race. Well, they've had a couple of bad races, actually. I think um, in Monaco, they didn't do so well. And then um, in Baku, I think they finished th- 13th and. 12th and 15th or something even Hamilton was behind us <laughs> was everyone laughing then? was everyone like kind of like you know when I remember when like back in the day when Chelsea would get beat when like Chelsea were like dominant or something like that yeah. and everyone would be like yes get in like fuck off Chelsea are you, are you, are you guys in the back going like fucking come on like, just, you're a bit... yeah it's funny well it's funny like being in the garage when there's a race and stuff when when another crew like messes up a pit stop all the all the all our crew just like, Whoa, like <laughs> and stuff. And then, but then we have we messed up on one of ours in in Baku last weekend, so you, you can guarantee other teams like Sweet. back to them. But it's funny like seeing a team that are well as well old as Mercedes that are like they are phenomenally drilled. The car is brilliant. It has been for the last five or six years. You know they wouldn't have won this. Month. I know Lewis Hamilton is without a doubt one of the best F1 drivers ever, but he's had the car to deliver it as well. Uh, but their car is is phenomenal. It's been head and shoulders above everyone else. So to see them mess up a pit stop when they're just so streamlined, it's nice to see, you know, a team that kind of look undefeatable and, you know, they're kind of like bulletproof. Actually, everyone's still human and they still make mistakes. So it, to see a team as supreme as that mess up uh, stuff, it's kind of nice, it's kind of nice to see. <laughs> imagine, yeah, quite satisfying. You're like, ooh, you dickheads. Like, just fucking... Which is funny. <laughs> Given the old wanker sign across the pit, you're like... A little bit. Wanker. I had a, I, you know, I had a, I had a nightmare once sometimes this is when you know you, if you're away with formula when you start having dreams about formula when you're like i need a week away from this or something and i had a dream that 
Gunter, our boss, sat to me in front of everyone because I was caught on the screen going, "Wee, won't you?" To some other <laughs> team that I'd seen on the on the screen, um, which is quite funny. <laughs> That'd be a funny way of getting sacked. That'd be like it, it would it would be a bit ridiculous, wouldn't it? It'd be funny. Yeah. Um, but like I'm saying, like yeah, and but this just after this race, Mercedes like, "Oh, guys," because they do have a big following, obviously because of the success. They're like, "Guys, we're so sorry. We'll be back stronger. It's been a bad race for all this," and it's like. What do you think it's like being for me? Like a team that's struggling <laughs> at the back of the, the grid every every weekend. This is this is like they've lost all the championships or something just because they've had a bad race. Yeah, you were tweeting at the uh, back of a shed in Monaco. There, in like some plush <laughs> suite on a yacht or something like that. Oh, exactly. So I, I, I know the guy that runs a Mercedes social media account. So he's he's brilliant at it. To be fair, so sometimes I send him a little bit of a dig message on Instagram, just saying, "Oh, come on, mate, it's not that bad." Yeah. Him, so, uh, yeah no, I, he's there, every he, team does the different things. He calls you then crying his eyes out. He's like, <laughs> We lost the race, you bastard. But yeah. No, I think um like just race fans in general like will really enjoy obviously what you've just what we've just been chatting about because like I said, um when like I've watched like Formula One like bits and bobs, like I'll not like totally against it, but I never really watch it. I'm just quite ambivalent towards it. Yeah. Um but like I remember when I watched Senna, I really loved that. I was kind of hooked to that. And I've been told by loads of people that Drive to Survive is, is a really, really good show. So I'm going to get into that soon. But yeah, I think um, there's one for the race fans, definitely. But um, yeah, a bit more about um, what we're talking about, the Euros, weren't we? This is, yes. this is going to be recorded. Like, this is just after the first England game against Croatia. Um, Scotland have just lost today as well. Oh, did you watch that one? Oh, yeah. Did you see that world of a goal? That was ridiculous. That was like it, the first touch Half as well. Line, wasn't it? It just, just kind of look up quickly and then just bang. Like just first touch, yeah. If you just, just see one of those shots, don't you? And you obviously can't see the goal. And when it's the wide angle, you're just like, oh, cheeky bastard going for goals from there. <laughs> and you're like, you know, when you watch these like 99 times out of 100, it either goes well wide or sometimes, you know, it'll hit the roof of the net or maybe it'll hit the post or something. But he like picked it out perfectly and he just stand up and like, wow, that is mental. It was just like a score in a goal from 50, 50 yards out. I mean, the technique to have that and yeah. to pick it out. And obviously, maybe he'd only score that one in 10 times, but it's a goal like that that makes it even more special, doesn't it? When it's when you see him so rarely. Yeah. Matty Taylor used to score those. those. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Like every like every other game, just like batter it from the halfway line. And it's always the same style. Awesome. It's like mid air, just like a really weird like style volley. Yeah, it's kind of like it's just like the ball's dropping, isn't it? But to have the technique to actually get that goalwards, and it's just phenomenal. Yeah, it just looked really unorthodox. But this one looked really like just yeah, it was just precision. It was it was sick. Yeah, but Scotland they lost. Czech Czechs won two 0 It's England and well they're top of the group, aren't they? Czech Czech Republic now with goal difference. Goal difference, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So this might be a different story when this podcast comes out, but um, hopefully, touch wood. But what did you think of England on the first game? Obviously, you must be buzzing. Obviously, Calvin Phillips, we spoke about him briefly before we hopped on, but like, he's a problem in the midfield. He's an, he's like he bossed it. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a Legion United fan and. I was just saying to Liam before, like, when Calvin Phillips isn't in the team, you really miss him. He's not one of these, like, generally he's not one of these um, players, glam players, you know, picking off the Hollywood pass or whatever, but he'll break down attacks, he'll, he'll, he'll close players down and stuff, and he'll do all the dirty work. And and when he's not in the lead squad, like, we just look so open in midfield. Um, mm. Teams can kind of just come at us and stuff. Um, and I get why, why people... Who, who don't who probably don't watch a lot of leads and stuff will kind of question because I mean I'm like it with other other clubs you'll you'll see a player in the squad 
Can you hear the ice cream van? You are? <laughs> Sorry, there's an ice cream van in the background. I don't know if they can pick it up on the phone. That's fine. It's okay. We've, this this, this just... podcast has had so many, like, it's like, this is fine. <laughs> An ice cream van is very limit, like light compared to what, what's, what people have heard on this, so yeah. You'll know, Liam, that's just the conversation with me. I always go off on a tangent. That's fine. Uh, anyway, that's okay. yeah, no, so Calvin Phillips, yeah, he was really impressive yesterday. Um, I thought the performance was pretty solid throughout. Like I said, the first 20 minutes was really good. Phil Foden, I think he's really exciting. I've yeah. been a fan of him. And I'm glad he started really over, over Greeley. Greeley is a fantastic player as well. But I'd rather have I'd rather have Phil Foden starting over Greeley. I think he's just phenomenal for being phenomenal for City this year. He's really stepped up, hasn't he? Now he's got a bit more opportunity. Yeah. Obviously, he hit the post early doors. Croatia came back into it a little bit and you just think, you know, we've had all this these chances and possession and stuff and it always happens, doesn't it, when it's, it seems to be the team you're supporting, like you have like, all the chances. Uh, you can just see it, can you? Pick out, yeah, this scummy little goal where they'll just, you know, it'll be a bad deflection, it'll fall to someone and they'll just fire it past Pickford or something. Luckily that didn't happen. Or Jordan, actually their finishing was pretty poor, wasn't it? They didn't really offer much in terms of a threat. Like there wasn't that, they weren't that good. Like, I think, um, yeah, like I said, Calvin, I've never, I was beforehand, like when Calvin Phillips was in the squad, I just didn't really think of him in a way because I've not really seen much of him. I don't know much. That was like the first time I've properly watched Calvin Phillips. Um, But like, yeah, he's he's, he's a really good player. But I think the first 20 minutes, yeah, we were were absolutely brilliant. It was great to watch. And you thought like, yeah, goal's coming here, goal's coming here. And then it sort of, I think they, because of the heat, they sort of, Ran out, of, ran out of gas a little bit and it was a bit dull for a little yeah. bit yeah. and it kind of seemed to carry on after half time the first like 10 minutes after half time it's it's like they didn't even stop it was like they had a continuous like just they didn't have half time it just carried on because it was quite yeah. dull and they looked like a bit mistake prone and you think like oh, it's time to make a sub here and um, yeah but I think it was a pretty good but everyone looked sharp other than Kane Kane wasn't that didn't look that great but mm. it's only the first game and it's a good win against the you know, a team that beat us to get to the World Cup final. So it's um, it's an impressive start and a you know clean sheet. And Rashford did well to score the goal after being battered by everyone the whole day. Sterling, yes, not oh, Rashford, fucking Sterling. Yeah. Sorry, but he yeah, was. Yeah, he's, he's not had a great season, has he, Sterling? To be fair. Well, I I, I think he'd have him in the team. I thought I wanted to. Well, to show how much I fucking know, but I wanted um, them to drop him for the first game because yeah. I don't think he's had that great a season. I think it's in that Man City team it's quite easy to be a bit of a passenger because yeah. they're so good but he kind of gets away with it because he is still a really really good player and an asset to the yeah. team but like he's not been as impressive as he has been in the last couple of years yeah that's because he set his standards so high though isn't it yeah yeah, yeah and I think well, well look at like his the transformation from him like 2016 you could have said all he has is pace and then he, yeah. Pep comes along and Pep's you know completely transformed his game he's a he's good he's a great finisher now and um bit of luck with the goal yesterday the keeper should have really saved it but that's what you need isn't it it's what you need in these big tournaments so more uh bring on the scots and i'm, I'm buzzing for that game because it's obviously friday night you know it's going to yeah. be yeah like the pubs in this country is going to be it's going to be fantastic if the weather's great as well it's just i just get excited i get so excited i'm i'm you're probably the same like i'm just buzzing like this here finally yeah, these international football tournaments are great, aren't they? Just like, especially because we've had to wait an extra year for it. Mm. Um, but I just remember always growing up, you just, you know, the season's finished and then you're a little bit sad, but then it's always like, oh, there's only two, three weeks until, you know, you've got foot, like pretty much wall-to-wall football in the afternoon, especially for the first week, weeks or so. Um, and it's like the cream of the crop in international games. It's games that really matter, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, I know a lot of people don't really like international football and 
I, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's annoying because it does break up the season. I don't, I don't know what you mean. The friendlies Especially, are a bit annoying. Like they say, the week yeah. after, the, like two weeks after the season starts, they have a, like yeah, a random friendly. It's like, like in September. What's yeah, the point? Like, like do like do one. Like you don't need it. So I think from that early early in the season as well, there's three international windows. You've got one in September, one in October, and in one in November. Yeah. It's, there's not that many in the second half of the year, but it just feels like it's a bit stop-start, isn't it? I think if they had two international windows in the autumn, it'd feel a little bit better. But obviously, when you've got the tournaments on, it's games that really, really matter and stuff. And even even last night, it was like Netherlands versus uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Playing, uh, Ukraine. And it could have been a bit of a job match, and it ended up being 3-2. There's a couple of like Corker goals in that. Mm. Um, yeah, Yarmolenko awesome, scored an absolute screamer, yeah. And, but in the next couple of years we don't have to wait two years it's obviously 18 months until the World Cup because obviously it's going to be a winter World Cup oh yeah I'm, it is yeah I'm hoping to get along to because in the F1 calendar if I'm still working the F1 next year the F1 calendar always finishes the season in the Middle East sort of in November December and obviously hey. Qatar out there so hopefully I could go to see that and then it'll only be a year and a half again till, till the Euro so it's uh, it's going to be fast I guess yeah the Euro is like cause, yeah even because I watched the Wales game the other day on the train to London and you're thinking at one nil. You're thinking, God, this get a bit of a. If Wales lose this, so if, if well, if like you lose the first game, you're kind of thinking, geez, it is like kind of do or die um, in the next game. Especially if you're a decent side. Like yeah. if you look at yourself, like Scotland, this next game is massive. It's, it was already massive, but like to they're pretty much out, aren't they? Like if they lose this game. I'm really looking forward to the game on the, on Friday because I'm I'm going to be out um, with the race team. Um, and I hope my boss isn't really um, a really big football fan, but he's from Scotland, so uh, I'm hoping he's going to be up for up for watching it on the, on Friday because it'd be funny watching it with the, the Scotsman. Yeah. Um, hopefully, obviously, do him over and we can have a bit of a give him a bit of a ribbon. Yeah. But the first, if 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 we play like we did in the first twenty minutes against Croatia, as we, when we did, if, when we play the Scots, I think the game's over yeah. by half time. Yeah, Scotland didn't really seem to offer a whole lot today. They did. They were unlucky. They were quite unlucky because yeah. they just before that ridiculous like shit goal, um, they had a few like the keeper like parried out because it was like a deflection, wasn't the the defender like kind of tried to make a bit of a half ass clearance like mid air, and then the keeper sort of parried it away, did really well with that. And uh, who was that? Lind- Lyndon Dykes or Dyche? Yeah, the the Australian uh, Scotsman. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, in like Sydney or somewhere. Yeah, I'm from Glasgow, mate. Yeah. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but that was they were they were unlucky. They did have the chances and they didn't look too bad. Like Roberts, it's just a shame that their best player is their left back. Like yeah, yeah. Robertson and looked really two, good. And then you've got Tierney as a left back as well. He's probably one of their best players. Yeah, I think like, he plays at left centre back, doesn't he? Yeah, because I thought like, quite unfortunate to have your best players both as a left. Yeah, because I, I was watching the game, the England game, with my mate um, Jamie, who's and his housemates who are they're all Scottish. So yeah. like I was, I was thinking like, who does Scotland really have up front? Like to kind of, to Lyndon Dykes, mate. Yeah, yeah, Lyndon Dykes, mate. Yeah, fucking right, mate. But um, he should be on Bondi Rescue, mate. Yeah, we know, we know <laughs> all know. about that, don't we, Mark? Yeah, that was like a chill out show, wasn't it? At uni, like, <laughs> that and pointless. And watch it and, yeah, yeah, pointless. But it was all, we'd watch it in the day. We'd have our lunch, wouldn't we? We'd just chill out, and then it'd be like one of these dramatic episodes where like two people die, and you're like, oh. It was like, I was wanting to chill out watching this and then like, it's proper serious because people died. Yeah, there was like, it was always really kind of like, um, really like happy-go-lucky, obviously just Australians like, just on the beach and the lifeguards like, remember we all followed them on Instagram, didn't we? We're like yeah. Kerbox and Maxi and all those guys like, 
and bloody Beardo. Like I still, I still, I still follow all the miss like class. But um, yeah, the the sort of chilled out episodes. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait for them to like just save like these people, like just these idiots who can't swim. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. there's like a shark attack, and they're like, oh fuck, there's a shark on Bondi. Like, <laughs> and the the jovial like presenter, like the narrator, is like turns out really serious like really quickly it's like an episode of this morning when they go um you know when they go like oh yeah hi guys and then like oh now for the sad bit (laughs) yeah yeah but it was um bondi rescue is that still on tv yeah probably on on tv TV channel somewhere they had the best they had the best quote um when he saved someone and they were like they were trying to thank him he's like no it's all right mate it's too good of a day to die isn't it (laughs) It's too good, too much of a glorious day to die. Have a good one, mate. Like, kind of just walking away. But no, we've um, also yeah, because yeah, me and Mark went to university. We lived together for three years, uh, in halls and in the mansion, the the famous mansion. So, any stories you want to share, Mark? Any, this is the time to throw me under the bus if you want. This is uh, this is your space now. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know. I've... Oh, put me on the spot here. Do you know uh, what? Do you know what? Actually, I might tee you up for this one. Every yeah, time I, every time I have, you know, the song "Knee Socks" by Arctic Monkeys. Oh yeah. I think of you because remember you said like I was. Cu- you heard me coming back like singing it at the top of my voice like when I was coming back drunk. I can't remember if this was <coughs> second or third year. It was probably whenever uh, AM came out because we went to go and see him, didn't we? Me, you, Richard, and uh, Jack in Birmingham. Uh, yeah. We went to see him at, at the um, NEC. That was that was a. A sad, funny night. Actually, we we gone we gone down to Jack's in uh, in Penkridge, where his mum and he was living with his mum and dad, obviously at the time. Well, when he wasn't at uni, we got we were going to have a few pizzas, like a couple of pizzas and some beers and stuff. And you tweet something saying, "Proper buzzing to see Arctic Monkeys tonight." And then some last year at uni replied saying, "Haven't you heard it's cancelled?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. I was yeah thinking she was. I was like, "Yeah, fuck off." Yeah, no, I actually, it's cancelled. Yeah, and we were just like then, then, really sad in the pub afterwards, just like. Yeah, we did the pub crawl around Penkridge. <laughs> absolutely good. It was our, it was mate. Our it's a great town. It's a great little village. It was. It yeah, was so good that it had like there, ten pubs because we needed to drink that night. It was just. We were just really. Yeah. We were just really gutted. <laughs> just like. And it just. And then like every five minutes, we're like, oh, we would have been listening to Five or Five there. Or yeah, it was just. <laughs> just thinking of different songs. But when we did actually, obviously, get to see him, that was awesome. It was one of the best gigs. I've yeah, there, there, yeah. yeah. There was good to see you were obviously obsessed with them at the time, weren't you? And you used to come back drunk either. It was when you were walking back in the streets, I could hear you from a distance, like, <laughs> GPFC, <laughs> just getting like louder and louder. You're a bit Larry. And then when you were coming in, singing Knee Socks and stuff, yeah, <laughs> they were funny memories. It's like Knee Socks or just like Crystal Palace songs, pretty much, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, that's probably a PC story, to be fair. There's no other, like, um, I won't tell, I won't throw you under the bus, Mark. You're, you're the guest, so I've, I've got... Oh, my 20th birthday, you can mention it if you want. I'm well, sure no, well, Mark, you, well. I've, I, I've avoided it so far, my mum and dad hearing about it. I'm sure on my wedding day it's going to come out. So, okay, we'll That's save it for that then. We'll save, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll save it. too many people the story, so. Basically, <laughs> dequi- it involves tequila, um, uh, Mark <laughs> Mark passing out and um, uh, basically, do you remember Adam, our mate Adam, like just screaming down the road, we need a coat, we need a coat, but you, you can't remember. No, I don't remember that, mate. You're out like a light, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was yeah. asleep the whole time, basically. Yeah, you were asleep. Yeah, you were conked out. You had, you had, a, you had a good birthday. <laughs> yeah. Finished at about five past twelve. Paul Connor, he just, obviously, regular on the... Uh, on we'll the podcast, he, he just finished his show. I might as well tell it. I might as well tell it now, because we've, we're kind yeah, of teasing on. people. So, basically, we went out to this place. Where did we go? It was... Um, 
we went pre we had pre drinks at our house. It was your is your twenty yeah. twentieth or twenty first? Twentieth. Twentieth birthday. So we're going out for your birthday. It's in winter, so it's in we're in January in Stoke on Trent. Like it's obviously not a pleasant place to be at the best of times. But then we obviously we we go out and where did we go? It was like it's like that indie bar. Is that indie bar? Sugar Mill was it? Sugar, Sugar Mill. Yeah, that was a great sh- place. Sugar Mill. The Mill. Great place on a Friday night. So we went to that. Fair. That's a great place. That's a, that's a great spot yeah. to go out drinking. It was so, proper grotty, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like one of them you expect, and they play good music if you're into indie music and eighties stuff. And it's a great place to, to gigs as well. But we went out, and yeah. um, uh, obviously we're getting the shots in, and then Mark, we get the tequila shots out. Mark then. I think, said at the start that like, please nobody buy me tequila. Yeah. But if but, it's free drinks, I'm a Yorkshireman. I'll drink whatever if it's free. And it's your birthday, so we're going to buy yeah. some drinks anyway. Yeah. So he sinks this tequila, probably a couple of couple of shots of tequila. I can't imagine it was just the one. And then, basically, <laughs> next thing you know, Mark is just, you know, he's wobbling. It's, it's not even, I don't, I'm not sure what time it is, but Mark is absolutely wobbling. He's like on the floor. And we, I've never really seen, I've obviously seen Mark drunk at this point. But I'd never seen him this bad, and he's kind of like, oh, like all swaying all about the place, and he's, you know, and you, you're quite a tall person as well, so it's like kind of, I'm like God, if you fall, it's going to be quite like, it's kind of, and then you kind of collapse a little bit, kind of a bit of a kind of anti-climax collapse because people, like, oh my God, he's going to fall, and he's just like, like, you kind of drooped, and then you wouldn't move. We were like, what the fuck, like Mark, like. Get up. This is about my last memory. I remember hearing voices. I remember you saying, Mark, you're fine. Get up, get up. We like, Mark, hearing Mark. it, wanting to react to it, but I'd lost control of my body at this we point. We were like, get him some water, get him some water. And then we, um, obviously you'll pass out the bouncers. We're at the, we're at the rooftop at this point. The bouncers paid, te- like they noticed this. They're like, what's going on with him, meats? What's going on here, meats? <laughs> and this burly, like, what's, what's, what's all this meat? What's lightweight? And then um, we have to like, drag you, we have to carry you down the stairs but they thought it was a good idea to get one of these fucking garden chairs and put you on one of them. And, like, we we couldn't obviously carry you through the the club, like, because we'd have to go down a flight of stairs and, like, just through, like, like, hundreds of people. We went down this spiral staircase while you, whilst you're on this, like, garden chair. You're completely, like, dead at this point, like, just kind of, like, drooping and stuff. And then, it was the most awkward thing ever. It was like it was like Ross and uh, Chana like pivot, pivot, like but with a drunk person. Like, <laughs> and then these um, the bouncers didn't do any favors. They were like um, they're like pull him over, pull him, <laughs> proper shouting at us. And then it kind of clocks us. We were like, oh shit, Mark is in a bad way. We then have to like we're sort of scurrying around. I remember going to like the Salvation Army, like trying to get like a blanket for you and stuff like that. <laughs> And then you go and then Connor, who comes in, he's like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what is like? What have you guys been up to?" In the like, he's he's the only sober one. We're all like, it's nothing worse than a, like a really like a bunch of smashed people helping a really really drunk person. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's, any sense yeah, it's just like people like it's just you know slipping over cut like slipping over coffee tables all over the place. Everyone, it's just mistake central. So we everyone's like in. We all kind of someone said like, "Ah, oh, Mark." He's in a really bad way. Everyone was like thinking you were dead. It was like, you know, everyone, when you're drunk, it's exaggerated. Yeah. Everyone just thought you were dead for some reason. And then you go to the hospital. I don't, I, we'll have to get Connor on to talk about that portion, but you're there all night. And then, but we get back in the, into our house in the evening and we decide not to go to bed. We're just like talking like, oh yeah, we're, we're literally talking as if you, as if you passed away. We're like, oh, Mark, <laughs> oh, Mark's such a great guy. Like we just, because Jack's girlfriend, Alice at the time, she's now a fully trained midwife. So she's, 
she was in nursing school and she was like taken over at the time and we were like oh we were like jack Alice's such a great girl she's fantastic and like just and like i don't think like none of us did that much <laughs> we just said like get him some water and get him a bit of a coat but yeah it was just so and yeah basically you had a bit too much tequila and you passed out spent the night in the hospital and yeah it was just a bit of a it's just just the kind of it's just funny looking back like us lot just kind of talking about how how brilliant we were like looking after you <laughs> this is it the way i like to look at it i sacrificed myself on my birthday for a good team bonding exercise yeah you took the hit you took the hit you took yeah on your birthday you took the hit but yeah, but yeah I, no, that's, that's pretty I much. Really have learned from that. Yeah, not no. Too many, well, not any anything that's obviously got that bad. I don't, I, I, I'm like, I don't drink tequila anymore. I, I hate it. I can't stand it. It's just I'm more of a stay away clear from shots in general. I can't really drink now. I'm 28 years old. I feel like an old man. I know. Just like four or five pints. You're just like, oh, like the next day, you're just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like my back's going. I can't. You know. Oh God, I need to go to bed. I need to go to bed. Me. But anyway. But anyway, Mark, that's, um, I won't keep you for much longer because the football's starting again soon. <laughs> yeah. But thanks again for joining us, mate. Um, like I think, obviously, race fans will really enjoy this one. I think just, obviously, we're good friends, so swap, swap a few good stories. And hopefully, it shouldn't be long before we see each other again. We'll have a, a bit of a mansion reunion. Yes, yeah, I know. We're talking about trying to get one in the summer. We'll have to, yeah. we'll have to try and organise it. I, I won't be organising, by the way, because I organised all the bills and stuff when, when we were at uni. Obviously, oh, well, God, yeah. And then all I get now is, oh, you owe me £10. Mr. 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 Sky Bill so, over here, yeah. Yeah, so if I ever, I'm not ever organising anything because they'll just take the piss out of me. For, oh, you're uh, not good because five years ago you, <laughs> you had the Sky Bill. Piss off. <laughs> that one time. Yeah. In fairness, I was incredibly tight with money. I have got. I do actually buy people drinks now, Liam. To be honest, Mark. Looking back, looking back, yeah. you were the you were the smart one. I was the idiot. Like you, you know, you were wise to be quite tight with your money. So it's, uh, you know, well, I apologise. Like we both learned. I think we're both meeting in the middle. Aren't yeah, we? I apologise. I apologise for. I have, no, I apologise. Any slander, for any any sort of anti, you know, Mark being tight slander. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really enjoyed this one, and then um, obviously just happy as you know for you, you landed on your feet with you know you've had a pretty impressive career for someone so young at the moment. So yeah, so that's enough. Pu- me blush. That's, that's enough uh, pumping your. T- well, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be where you are right now, Mark. So you said that exactly. Yourself. But well, um, this is what I said. Your your big uh, what's the word? Big pep talk. Got yeah. Yeah. So if it wasn't if it wasn't for me. Has F1 has F1 social media would be shit right now so yeah, yeah um, but anyway um, yeah big one for for, uh, for race fans but yeah thanks again Mark for coming on for coming on coming on and um, oh, I can't fucking speak I'll just end it now oh, it's the sign off I'll sign-off. end it now I'll end it now it's, it's over yeah. <laughs> but yeah I don't know if you ever mention it in your uh, in your I just feel like we haven't had a mention of Faster Pasta here. Faster Pasta is at the, well, sponsored by Faster Pasta, yeah. See, yeah, like, that, that'll that make them, they'll love that. They'll love that, the boys at Faster Pasta. Yeah, check them out. Um, uh, that'll that'll be a separate recording. I'll do the little bits for that, oh, but anyway. Oh, is that how you do it? Oh, okay. I do, yeah. podcast. No, well, no. if I'm ever in the Cambridgeshire area, Liam, I'll be sure to try a Faster Pasta. Oh, Maybe yeah. You don't even have to sub that one in. I oh, yeah. would do. Yeah, it's, it's banging. So on this podcast. It's great, yeah. Get the, get the merch as well. Jump on the uh, jump on the merch train. Yes. <laughs> at a cost. At a cost. <laughs> no, it's enough. <laughs> anyway. Well, keep but, up with the good work with the podcast as well, Liam. I know it's a, a big passion of yours to do, and I know it's just a bit of a 
a chill out. I lo- especially love listening to the, the Connor ones as well, just the, the random shit you chat and your favourite Chris and Dare and stuff. It's just it's just funny listening to you both. So. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, and I know you have other guests on as well, as well, but yeah, just keep up with the good work. You're, you're one of them, Mark. You're one of those guests. Oh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, thanks very much um, uh, for coming on and um, yeah. I hope, it, I hope everyone enjoys this one as much as um, I did. So it's always good to talk to Mark. And uh, like I said, we're old friends. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> take care, Mark. We'll speak to you soon. Legendary. Bye. Bye. Big shout out to Mark for coming on the podcast again. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said beforehand, we cover pretty much all things sport pretty much and just swap, swap a few stories. That story about the tequila thing, I probably could have done a better job of it, but I kind of muffled memory because I was drunk that night as well myself. So... Anyway, apologies. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. F1 fans, race fans, motorsport fans, just fans of cars in general. Just, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. And thanks again, Mark, for coming on. So we'll end, um, end the podcast in just a bit because it's a bit of a long one, this one. An hour and 30 minutes or so. Um, I'll end on this one as well. I saw this, uh, another England related, but Jack Grealish, the... Um, sort of clip of him being asked that he's a like encyclopedia of football. I have to try and get out of bear with me one second. Let me just get it. And I'd like to say something about the people who will probably slag this off because yeah, let me just get it. Let me just get it. I can't even get it. It's been it's been disabled. Um but yeah, academics like it's basically this he's in an interview this woman from Talksport says um Dean Smith, the Aston Villa manager says you're a bit of a fo- football encyclopedia. And he's like, what's that? He's like, he goes, oh, encyclopedia. You know what encyclopedia? I don't know what that means. So he doesn't know what an encyclopedia means. And like, but she she says she goes to and explain. You know, you your your knowledge of football is very vast. I'm obviously quite thick as well, trying to fucking explain this. But yeah, academics and sort of um, just people who don't like football will no doubt laugh at this and just supposedly. You know, his supposed stupidity and use this to push the notion that footballers are thick. Sadly for them, though, they aren't earning over 100 bags a fucking week, are they? How about them apples, you fucking sour cunts? Um, come on, England. Um, hope they start um, Jack Grealish. Um, Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish can't do anything wrong. So check out the clip if you haven't checked the clip out. Maybe I was a bit harsh there. But anyway, um, I'll wrap this up at, for this week, um, episode number 24. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, back again next week obviously a little bit later this one as well because I've just been so busy sorry I'm just so bloody busy um, hope you guys enjoyed this one um, check out the sponsors as well Faster Pasta and My Tribe as well I'll put the link into that also I'll do a little ad read in a bit but um, yeah have a great week guys enjoy the football tomorrow night whoever you're supporting whether it be Scotland or England enjoy the football stay safe drink responsibly and if you bet then the stops I don't even know why I'm doing this one but yeah have a great time guys have a great weekend and hopefully the sun still shines for us keep smiling bye